floating, floating down the river of night toward the city of dreams. Our Lady, Queen of Angels, where the long dragon spine of San Gabriel sprawls over the trembling San Andreas Fault and four million people cluster in its shadow. Bad feng shui, the Chinese mutter, and spit to clear their luck. Los Angeles, where glittering streets of plenty cut like knives through the desperate barrios, where gangs and cults, earthquakes and hill fires, riots and despair and madness all simmer just beneath the surface, waiting like the abiding desert to erupt out through the drains and engulf the city. L.A., the laconic arrogance in the initials of the city that lives, full of myth, pulsing with tales. The city that feeds on dreams, leaving nothing but dust and nightmares. And we are such stuff as dreams are made. Or nightmares. I knew I was on a plane, flying to Los Angeles, because Skylar had called us and my oath bound me to him, as tightly as Diana or Bjorn were bound to him, or my house was bound to me. And I knew that I was teetering on the brink of insanity, that I'd been over the edge, that I'd gone rogue, become an unthinking, instinctive killer, consumed by rage and bloodlust, and that I'd been brought back by my kin. Brought back as where by Alex's dominance, brought back as Athenate by Jen's blood, and whatever part of me was adept had been torn and stunned by grounding all the energy that the whole Taos community of adepts had poured into a lock to hold Diana prisoner on that cold hillside up in Carson National Park the energy that Caethos, Tola's dragon spirit guide, had reversed somehow. They'd told me the Athenate would drive my ware rogue, or the ware would drive the Athenate, that the adept would drive them both rogue. It hadn't happened like that. You are none of the things they will think you are. My great-grandmother, speaks to wolves, had said that to me in a vision, and she'd been right. My paranormal sides balanced each other. I'd escaped that nightmare only to emerge into the same one with a different face. The tide of darkness in my mind wasn't caused by my competing paranormal instincts, but by the meddling of Colonel Peterson's psychologists, as I'd lain defenseless in obs after being bitten by rogue Athenate in the jungles of South America. I saw it as a storm in my head, sweeping in across the cold high plains, threatening to obliterate me under towering clouds and cracking lightning. My body twitched and jerked with every electric strike. My kin had saved me, but they hadn't cured me. The darkness was returning. And yet, it was as if there were two halves of me, a half that lay shaking and muttering feverishly on the floor between my worried kin, and a half that floated through the cool cabin— granted a clarity of vision that was painful. I'd bound my yukori tightly into my head so that the stain of my madness could not spread, but I was listening to Diana and Bjorn. There was a crisis ahead, an opportunity and a danger twisted around each other like mating snakes. We were going to L.A., a place where you could toss away your old life like a bad hand and get a new deal but also the place where the hollow-bellied god of fame lured dreamers to the great light only to let it flicker and fade, leaving them blind and starless in the stone jungles, unable to tell truth from artifice, and still believing, still believing, as they offered the last things they had left, 
their passion, their health, heart, soul, and youth, finally even their children. And the place where Basilicus and Panathus might end their shadowy battle, consuming each other utterly, that a new hope might rise from the ashes. So close. Floating down the river of night, toward the city of dreams. Floating. As they touched the cool, gray asphalt of Van Nuys airfield, the plane's tires began screaming, and I went into convulsions. <laughs>